Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome back to The Confidence Show with me, Rebecca Hawks. Today, I've got a very special guest with me. I'm very excited to introduce you to Dara Paddy. Dara is a business coach known for combining the energetic and the strategic to help you design a business and life that feels fun and pays generously. She's the host of the Your Biz, Your Rules podcast, and her and I are also combining forces to run the Self First Retreat in January 2023, which you can find out more about in the show notes. Welcome, Dara. It's so lovely to have you here. It's lovely to be here. Oh, I feel so giggly. We've just had such a lovely chat before we started recording about the retreat, and now we've got so many ideas. I'm like buzzing with excitement, so we're we're, we're going to calm down a little bit and just have a nice, calm chat without too much giggling. We think <laughs> we'll try, we'll try. try. But you know what? There's something wrong with a good giggle. I know it's so nice, isn't it? I think we we're so serious all the time in business, and we've always got so much going on that sometimes it's nice to just sit and laugh about nothing. <laughs> absolutely okay so let's start at the very beginning why did you decide to start your own business and what did you start off doing well I will be honest I decided to start my own business because I don't do well being bored Mm. so I I worked full-time while I was doing my degree like full-time And prior to that, I did my A-levels and GCSEs at the same time. And so when I graduated everything and I was just left with a full-time job, I was like, what what do I do with all of this spare time? Like, I don't like it. And so I started doing some freelance stuff on the side. And it really was never supposed to be the main gig. It was never supposed to be what it's become. And the way we got there is I had a bit of an incident, let's say, with my boss at the time. And I just, I hit a wall. I was like, I cannot stay here. I can't. I will, I will lose my mind. I will literally lose my mind. And so 
I remember phoning my boyfriend at the time in tears saying, oh my God, I hate it. This just happened. And he was like, babe, hand your notice in. And that was the amount of planning that went into it. That was a Friday afternoon. And by Monday morning, they had my letter of resignation. And then I was like, oh my God, I have to turn this into a viable business. I can't just sort of mess about doing a few bits here and there because it's fun for me. I have to actually make it work. That's so good though. Like, I really admire the fact that you had that situation and rather than kind of play it out or just carry on being in that situation, you were just like, no, do you know what? I'm not available for this. Like, I don't deserve to be treated like this. Here's my resignation. See ya. And what a way to like launch yourself into full-time entrepreneurship. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. I think I'm that kind of person who can take a lot I can take like a lot of clobbering from a lot of people, but there comes a time when it's like a limit is reached and I just like, no, I have to just do something about it. And I think the the real blessing in that situation was I didn't really have the opportunity to test things out and try things out and overthink things and, you know, try and figure out what would work. I just had to I had to do it I had to make it work and then so add add in an extra layer of um two weeks after I left my day job my boyfriend got the sack (gasps) no and we were like living together at the time and obviously like our agreement had been like he would cover things for a couple of months just while I got things up and going and then suddenly not only does he not have a job but he's like there all the time um and it was a real baptism of fire it was Oh my God, that's what timing. No, <laughs> I have to laugh about it. But at the time it was, it was an ordeal. I know. Oh my gosh, that must've been so stressful. How did you kind of deal with that? Like what did, did you have any diving straight into practices? Like, did you have any practices that you had to create then? Like to say, do you know what? This is what I need to do to be able to make this business work. I need this time or I need to put this practice in place or I need to put this system in place. And so one of the biggies, and like this isn't really a business system, but when I decided that this was going to happen, that I was going to leave my job, I was like, right, I'm getting a puppy. (laughs) Because I know my own habits and my own tendencies. And if I don't have to leave the house, then I won't. I'll I'll just stay at home. I will be in my comfy clothes. I'll have Netflix on. I'll be loving life, but I will not be outside of these four walls and so I was like no if I'm gonna work from home I will also lose my mind if I never leave the house so I was like if I get a puppy then I'll be forced I'll be forced to get out every day and so in those early days my I would say my most like solid practice was getting out every morning taking Rosalie to the park and listening to a podcast So that was my little routine. I'd go and I'd get some fresh air first thing. I'd get grounded by being in nature. I would be away from my desk and be very present, you know, taking care of her because she was so little. She was so little and there were so many other dogs at the park and I was definitely a neurotic dog mom at the time. Um, And I would also be listening to a podcast and because it was that you know quite a walk there and back I would choose like a really meaty one so like 45 minutes to 60 minutes long where I was really taking in what was being shared with me and something that I've always prided myself on doing and I think this um came from many years of juggling so much study alongside other things 
is if I consume something, I do something with that information right away, whether that is like taking notes, whether that is, you know, these days jumping on Instagram stories and sharing things, weaving it into conversations or things that I'm teaching, or maybe just taking action on the advice. And that has just become something that I do very, very naturally. And I think that is what really helped me like develop different systems in my business and hone a lot of my personal practices too that would you know give me the sustained energy and the mental fortitude that it takes to stay in business that's so good I think there really is something about starting your day in that way where it is about you and where you can absorb that information and I love that suggestion of actually taking action straight away on something that you've learned and I think that's probably one of one of the places that I kind of I don't want to say that I go wrong, but I often will listen to all this advice. And I like for years, I've listened to advice. I've li- listened to podcasts. I've listened to tips, but I don't necessarily implement something straight away. Sometimes if something really grabs me, I will, but I feel like I just consume it all. And then it just goes in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, oh, I learned this then. And then I forget about it years later. So I think that's a really good way to kind of keep that, keep those lessons and implement them. You know, I think it's one of those things like anything else. It's a habit, it's a practice because I, like I, by nature, I'm a binger. I will binge watch the box sets in a single night. I will like read a whole novel in one sitting. Like that is my natural way of consuming things. So I've had to really train myself to not do that when it comes to like personal, professional and spiritual development stuff, because then that does happen that you miss so much and you don't really ground yourself and embody yourself in what you're learning. And I really think that that is so important, especially if you work in any kind of like coaching or healing capacity, you have to know your stuff, not just intellectually, but experientially. Mm -hmm. And so now one of my little personal policies that I've made for myself is if I read one chapter of a non-fiction book I have to stop and then go and do something with it I'm not allowed to read two chapters like one is my limit and then I have to do something that's so good it's such a good practice I've actually started doing that with one book that I downloaded on audible I downloaded it the other week it was a new one oh, it's not a new one but it's a new one for me I can't remember what it's called now I think it's positively wealthy something like that um but it's like a, a um there's like 30 days of practices to implement into your life so now I'll like listen to that one chapter and then I'll be like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do this practice now and I've started to do that which is nice and it's a bit of a a bit of a refresh for me so it's a lot of things that I've already done like the gratitude list things like affirmations I do all those things anyway but it's almost like it reinforces it um, and it reminds me when I've stopped doing things like that consistently, it, it kind of brings me back and, and makes me go, oh, yeah, I remember how good I feel when I do those things consistently. So let me integrate that into my into my life again. Well, I think for all of us, there are so many things that we will have learned in the past or tried in the past. And we didn't stop doing them because they don't work. Like We stopped doing them because you know, we got distracted, we were trying something else. And you know, you can't do everything all at once. So it is really helpful to revisit a lot of that old stuff, because new isn't always better. Sometimes we've found the thing that works for us, and we just need reminding of that. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes the simplest things can make the biggest difference. Like affirmations for me make a massive difference when I repeat them consistently. And it's so easy. It's not going to cost you anything. You just have to sit there and say them. And I, like you can do it all the time anywhere. Um, and I remember 
there's been loads of different tools as as you say like I've tried before then got distracted by something else and forgotten about it or I've thought to myself oh that doesn't work because I've implemented it for like three days and gone oh no I don't like that anymore (laughs) and then I just decide it doesn't work so I don't stay consistent with it so yeah it's nice to to come back and and do those things so you can morning pages oh yes do you know what I tried that and I again got, was really consistent with it for about a week and then just stopped <laughs> I just it's, can't the thing it. is it's it sounds so unsexy and so like on it doesn't sound like one of the, like the exciting kind of mindset practices to do but honestly that has been such a game changer for me it really really has because I um I struggle with anxiety and I also struggle with a very overactive brain a lot of the time and if I start my day with morning pages then immediately I like that all calms all of the voices calm and I'm able to move forward with purpose because I just get it all down on paper and when it's all down on paper it's not rattling around up here and like pulling me in opposite directions and so for me like that if I could only pick one like positive practice to have in my life I would have to go with that one that's so good. I never realized that you had anxiety before. I know we've obviously been on a lot of calls together. We've done a lot of like had a lot of mindset conversations, but I never realized that you had anxiety as well. How does that kind of show up for you like in life and in business? Um so I think one of the ways that it used to really hit me was around being seen. Mm. And so I would feel very, almost like I was in danger when I was being very visible, when the spotlight was on me. So anything like live streaming or um, even speaking up on group calls, like that just filled me with such terror that I would freeze and I would not say anything. And even like back in the day when I had a corporate job, if I was in like a business meeting with more than a couple of people, the whole time I was in that meeting, it's like I would be like shaking and sweating and like terrified that someone was going to ask me a question and I was going to have to answer it in front of everybody. I so relate to that. I used to be like that at school. Like even I remember I had a biology teacher and he used to terrify me because he'd always pick on people to answer the questions. And throughout the whole, I used to skip the class so many times because it gave me such like physical symptoms of anxiety. I was so terrified that I was going to be asked and I used to go bright red and I would sweat and yeah, it's just horrible. But we, so we first met when you were, I was in a mastermind and you were a coach for like the different groups in the mastermind. And you used to speak on live on there, like you'd host um, Zoom calls with us. So I never would have guessed that that was something that, that worried you. Well, and that's really the impact of continuing to work on the things Mm. and like especially if you if you know that there is something that you struggle with if you know that there is a particular habit that you have or a tendency that you have that will detract from your bigger goals Mm. then really it's your responsibility to stay with that and even if it's uncomfortable and painful and absolute agony at times stay with it and work with it yeah absolutely it's so I mean most of the things that actually propel us forward and get us to where we want to be are uncomfortable because they're out of our comfort zone they're things that we're not used to and they are the scary things that we have to do like put ourselves on video or show up on a live or be 
on social media, like have our faces on social media and they are uncomfortable. But as you say, like when you work through those, it does become easier. Like I saw the live that you did the other week, which we're going to talk about, um, I think in the next episode that we record, but you did a live on Instagram the other day and you, you came across as so confident. Nobody would ever have guessed that you were anxious, but I guess that's, that, as you say, that that's what comes from working on yourself consistently and choosing to take that responsibility and say, do you know what? I have anxiety, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to not let that get in my way or prevent me from being where I want to be. Mm. And, you know, that's actually one of the biggest, I want to say mistakes that I see people make when it comes to you know, personal development and inner work and mindset work and all of that stuff is that they will choose to work on the things that actually that they're already quite good at. <laughs> so they'll work on the things that don't really trouble them. They'll work on the things that feel like the easier option. And I completely understand that impulse. Like nobody wants to torture themselves. But actually, if you want to see the growth, it's like it's the annoying bits, it's the hard bits, it's the challenging bits that really need your attention yeah and they're the bits that you can see the biggest difference and I think as well you don't always see the difference instantly which is why people will choose to work on the things that aren't so hard because typically when things aren't so um so, oh, so buried deep or so ingrained or feel so uncomfortable you see a shift a bit quicker whereas I feel like the stuff that is really a massive struggle or is really deep within you when you start to work on that you don't see the shift instantly like it can be weeks or months or even years before you can sit there and go oh actually that thing that I've always struggled with now it feels a bit easier and when you always work on the thing that feels easiest it's like you're giving your ego a big hug you're making it feel really good about itself because it's getting all of this reinforcement that it's doing a good job because it's you know it's handling the situation yeah that's such a good way to look at it our ego's got a lot to answer for <laughs> mm -hmm. just trying to look after us <laughs> um so we talked about how you kind of threw yourself into running your business how have things evolved over the last few years for you well when I very first started I kind of sidestepped into marketing because that's what I did in my corporate job so it just seemed like the easiest option to just do that on a freelance basis so I started working with a lot of people behind the scenes in their businesses with their content strategy and I like managed the content and created the content for a lot of people too and I noticed myself naturally gravitating towards people who were either like business strategists or coaches. Like those were just two areas that really captivated me. They inspired me. And when you have to create a whole bunch of content for people, you want to be inspired. Okay. So um, I had the opportunity to be behind the scenes in a lot of these different types of businesses. And the more I did and the more I had to pretend to be them in the content that I was creating the more I was like I just want to be doing that I don't want to be pretending that that's what I'm doing I want to be doing it and so in goodness what, what year are we in so in I want to say like early 2019 I started making those things I started retraining in many different coaching modalities and practices and 
really just allowed my business to evolve and pivot into the direction that really inspired me and really absorbed me. That's so good. There's two, there's two things that I want to touch on based on what you just said. First of all, I feel like it's important to mention that obviously you were behind the scenes of some huge brands and some huge companies. And that's not a bad thing by any means. But I think when we all go on social media and we see these um, coaches or businesses who where there's this perception that it's just them running their business and we see all the success they're having and we see them hitting these crazy goals of like six figures or seven figures and it seems like they're doing it themselves it makes us feel like we're not good enough when the reality is there's someone behind the scenes most likely writing the content planning the content posting the content doing all the launch strategy putting everything together and that person is more just kind of the face of the business and as I said there's nothing wrong with that but I think sometimes we need that reminder to to say like we're not doing anything wrong if we're not where that person is because they have got a hell of a lot of support that we don't necessarily have. And I think that is also an invitation to maybe pay closer attention to the type of people you're following because if somebody is omnipresent and doing all of the things, I can guarantee you that they are not doing it themselves. And my question is, how honest are they about that? Yeah. How honest are they about the amount of help that they're getting? Because if they're not, if they allow you to believe that they do everything themselves, because, you know, it's it's that badge of honor. Like, I do all of this myself. Like, look how excellent I am. I'm a one-woman band. I've grown this from the ground up. Rags to riches, la, la, la. Mm-hmm. If they allow you to believe that, that's not empowering. Mm-hmm. And I can bet that a lot of these people claim that their core values are, you know, empowerment and lifting others up and authenticity and integrity and all of these buzzwords that we see but if you start to like unravel what's really going on there and if you zoom out a little bit you can see immediately who has a team of supporters and who doesn't it's just you know like I said an invitation to consider a little bit more wisely who you're allowing to like fill your feeds and fuel your mind yeah, Because if you're following people who always, even without intending it, make you feel slightly less than, like you're just not quite good enough, then you're never really going to be able to like step up and be everything you want to be in the world because you're always going to have those questions and those doubts niggling away at you in the back of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like based on what you were saying, like there's nothing, we're not saying there's anything wrong with, having a team it's just when people sell you this vision of you can be as successful as them without a big team it's yeah very much not an integrity and it's it's like selling something that isn't real like it's selling something that's completely fake and I think it's really important as well especially as more people become coaches more people get into the coaching industry more businesses are born especially through the pandemic and stuff it's important that we see or we understand that you can't do it all by yourself and if you're trying to do it all by yourself it is going to be exhausting yeah and I remember way back when I was working with somebody who 
that she worked with small businesses and she was selling this marketing system. So it was like a framework in a kind of course, that sort of thing. And she was selling that as like, if you, if you just implement this, then you will be able to, you know, have a presence in all these places and make this money that you want to make and everything will be great. And I remember sitting there and looking at it and thinking, but, but you don't actually use this system. You use me. No. And I don't use this system. Oh, it's so frustrating, isn't it? And yeah, so like, that's a big thing. Like if you are purchasing something that is geared around, like, this is how you market yourself, or this is how you design a product, or this is how you structure a different element of the your business. Don't just take, you know, their testimonials and sales copy as gospel. Actually look at their business. Can you see evidence that they are implementing this thing? If you can't, then it might be a fun intellectual exercise, but it's not grounded and embodied in their practices and in the way that they do things. And therefore, they can't be guaranteeing to you that it's going to work. No, and I think as well, that's important. Like nobody can guarantee that something's going to be going to work. But I feel like the way that people market themselves these days, I mean, I don't just want to sit here and have this as like a bashing session because it's not at all. But I do see a lot of marketing where it is guaranteeing you success or guaranteeing you results and nobody can guarantee you results at all because it comes down to what's going to work with you for a start like I've been part of programs where I've followed everything to the letter yet got to the end of it and not got any results because that particular way of running a business or that particular business model does not fit with who I am and it does not fit with the way that I want to run my business so I think we get caught up in in f- trying to find the perfect blueprint and trying to find the thing that's going to give us the results instantly when nobody can give us that. It does come from trial and error. And yes, we can take different things from different people, but ultimately we have to kind of develop our own thing. We have to create the rules for ourselves and decide what is going to work for us and what what our definition of success looks like in that same like in that same way absolutely and so just like linking back to what we were talking about earlier by if you absorb something do something with it this is where you get to like test things out so if you're I mean like we used books and podcasts as an example but if you're taking a course or part of a program and you watch a training video go and do something with that and like my rule for myself is I'll do it twice so I'll do the thing twice and if it doesn't work after that I'll tweak it because I think the first time we do something, especially in business, there there's always room for error and improvement there. But if I've done something twice and it doesn't work for me, then I give myself permission to either tweak it and try again or do something different. Yeah, I think that's such a good idea. As you say, and I mean, I feel like that's like anything that we do, like in life and business, like it's not always going to work first time. And I think some of the best lessons that we get are when it hasn't worked the first time because not only that we can then put our own spin on it and go okay well I followed it to the letter this didn't work for me this way but actually I can take this this and this and then I can go forward and and try it slightly differently and then that becomes something that we can add to our own toolkit as well because once we've learned something we've implemented it we've added our own spin on it we can then offer advice on what worked for us again not saying if you follow this blueprint then you're going to get everything that you want or need or ever wanted in life 
Well, and I, th- I do think it's quite nice and affirming when you can identify what does work for you out of something. But I know at the same time, I've also been in situations in the past where I've implemented something that I've been taught. And like I am, you know, that high achieving gold star student. I will follow things to the letter. And I've implemented everything and it just has not had any results. Not just it hasn't worked the way I wanted to, but it's got nothing, like nothing has happened. And when I like brought it to other people to like, maybe I've asked the coach or maybe I've asked my VA or I've like gone to other people and been like, what what am I doing wrong here? Like what has not worked? Nobody has ever been able to like point out in that situation what I did do wrong Mm. or what was missing because like on the surface it should have worked it works for the people why didn't it work for me and so I just think it's important to have these conversations because sometimes we actually can't identify what it was that didn't work for us and why that happened yeah and sometimes as well like in those situations when you already have done all that and you're like why hasn't it worked what's wrong with me you can end up kind of spiraling a little a little bit and thinking well I must have done something wrong I must be the problem I must be the thing that's wrong when in actual fact that's not the case it's just whatever that person was teaching or whatever person that person's blueprint is didn't work for you it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you it doesn't mean that Mm. you're your fault but it can be very frustrating especially when you don't then get the support or get the um, feedback of actually this is where you went wrong it can be really difficult to kind of move on from that can't it I remember a while back I was in a like a launch program so it was like a program where they support you throughout a launch of a product and I like I watched every training implemented right away and I actually did three launches using that model I got two sales from the first one and zero sales from the following two launches and I went to the like the Facebook group and I was like can can you just like give me some feedback here because I feel like I'm doing all of this and it's just not it's not landing and the coach responded to me and I remember distinctly she said you're sabotaging yourself full stop that was the entire conversation there was no follow-up like of how or like what she'd seen or like something she could reflect back so obviously that sent me into a massive spiral of like oh my god like how am I sabotaging myself and I at this point believe that it's because she didn't know what to say to me Mm. like she didn't know what was wrong she didn't know how to fix things for me she didn't know how to help me tweak the system to make it work for me and I learned a very important lesson in that moment because I think we we all are taught that we need to have signature systems and we need to have processes for doing things and that's what we teach to our clients and while yes that is a great starting point we are all so unique. We all have different businesses. We all have different goals. We all have different audiences. We all have different styles. We have different personalities. We have different values. And all of these things sort of um, scramble together to mean that we need something different. And so, yes, in my programs, I might initially teach a, a model, a system for doing things. But if any of my clients are ever like, like I just can't get this bit to work or oh I'm not sure how to make this fit in my business 
I will jump on a call with them in a second. I don't care if it is like a year long high ticket mastermind or a course that has been, was like 97 pounds. I don't care. I will either jump on a call or get on a voice note and like go back and forth with them to help them figure out how to fit the model to their business, not the other way around. Because how arrogant are we if we're thinking that people have to mold their entire business around some like six figure system that we came up with in a coffee shop? I mean, please. <laughs> so true. But that's the kind of support that we need to be giving our clients. That That's the kind of spaces that we need to be creating for people as coaches. We need to say to people like, if you are struggling, it is okay for you to come to us and say what you are telling me isn't working. And then we can brainstorm, we can try different things, we can tweak different things. Because as you say, we are all so unique, even down to like, we have different, like the way that our energy works, we have different, um, what's the word, like human designs, like we have different neuro things. <laughs> I don't know what the correct word is. But it's, that that's the kind of environment that we should be creating for people in order to get them the best results and that's also what then helps people stay with us and trust us and believe in us and in the same breath believe in themselves because they don't end up walking away from something that we've done with them going oh well it's me it's my fault I just didn't do it right it's I think it's just unfortunate that that way of doing business does not mesh with this obsessive quest for scalability that has taken so much of the internet by storm I know I feel like it's been a real theme the past few years isn't it but hopefully there'll be I don't know maybe I mean, they'll... like who's going to be the person to tell them that if people aren't getting the results then it's actually not scalable yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely there was something else that I wanted to say and on that matter and I can't remember what it is I feel like there's so many things that are like coming up I'm just like I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that and I want to talk about this as well um here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've just been obviously discussing all this information that we're bombarded with, all these courses, all these people that are kind of teaching the same things that have worked with them when we are bombarded with all this same stuff and the same people are saying the same stuff online and because they're the people that have got the teams who make that mean they're visible every single day we obviously see their content a lot more how can we unlearn what we're being taught and how can we kind of walk away from their advice when we see them as being successful it's very hard to see someone that's being successful see all the testimonials that are being shared and then go, okay, but actually I want to walk away from that because that's not who I am. It's, it's how, do, how can I explain it properly? Like when you're being shown this vision and all these people have done well from it, it's our nature to think, well, I must be able to do well from it as well. But how can we kind of walk away from that? And how can we unlearn it and not fall into that trap of being so like stuck on those success stories so my first piece of advice would be to go wild with the unfollow button or the mute button if you don't want to unfollow people completely just temporarily like clear your feeds of all of those messages because if you are being so bombarded with ideas and therefore feelings because when we react to those ideas we then have all of these messy feelings going on you can't think for yourself, mm-hmm. that you can't formulate thoughts for yourself when you are too busy having an emotional reaction to something that somebody else has said. So just silence those voices for now. That's the first step. And then the second step is do something to create space mentally. And that means stop working, like stop trying to figure out the secret, stop trying to come up with the perfect idea. Just give yourself a chunk of time away from that it could be as small as an afternoon it could be as big as a week three weeks a month six months whatever take a chunk of time to do something that is completely removed from your working environment so it might be going for a nice w-a-l-k somewhere I can't say that word when we have um three dogs in the room I do the same it It might be um, like planting something in your garden. It might be reading a book. It might be doing a puzzle. It might be like starting an art project. It could be anything, but something that is not related to your business. Just allow yourself to get away from that space and do something that forces you to be present, that forces you to maybe use your hands or engage with your body. And I found that when I do something like that, it immediately sort of grounds me. It helps me come back to myself. And that sort of in turn reminds me that I'm safe, that I'm stable, I'm steady, I have these foundations, I'm not, I'm not wobbly. And you feel very wobbly when you're always 
having these questions and doubts sparked by other people's content. So that's the first thing, sort of just interrupt that pattern of consuming everything. And what I've had to do in the past is actually sort of put a bit of a, um, let's say a wall down and stop taking things in. So I stopped listening to podcasts. I stopped reading like business and personal development books for a while. I stopped consuming all of that stuff and focus on a process of creation instead. And so every single morning, you already know I do my morning pages, but after doing that, I would ask myself, like, what do I need to say today? And then I would just let myself write. I would set a timer for like five, 10, 15 minutes, depending on what I had going on that day. And I would just free write. And sometimes that piece of content in my journal became an amazing post sometimes it became the topic of a live stream or even of a whole course sometimes it was just for me and it was like what do I need to say today and I would just answer that question so without looking at social media without consuming anything that was created by somebody else I would just like take it back to basics and try and reclaim confidence in my own voice and my own thoughts and then practices like that can be very much supported by any kind of energetic tool that allows you to let go of things. Mm-hmm. So anything like EFT, breathwork, Reiki, anything that sort of gives you an energetic flush out is really, really helpful when you're sort of stuck in those spirals. So that's where I'd recommend getting started. Obviously, like I've given you a few ideas there, but hopefully there's something that works for everybody. Yeah, I love those. I love those. And that whole idea of saying to yourself, like, what do I need to say today? Like, that's such a, such a simple, but powerful question. And you've reminded me, like, I used to do that myself, and have obviously forgotten about the fact that I used to do that myself, until you just said it, I used to sit with my journal. And quite often, I'd be like, okay, what do I want to say today? And then at the same time as well, I'd also say to myself, like, what do I need today? And like, would ask myself, like, what do I need before I would see all the things online telling me that I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that and I should be over here and I should be there and all that stuff and coming back to yourself and choosing yourself before you choose anyone else before you choose to absorb information from anyone else is so powerful and it's something we all do it's not going to cost us anything it doesn't have to take a lot of time you don't need any special tools to do it like it's available to all of us um I think that's really, really useful advice. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and then like kind of connected there is, then I would start doing what you do for other people, for yourself. So it doesn't really matter if you have like a product-based business or a service-based business, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you're, I don't know, a yoga instructor, whatever it is that you do, make it a priority to do that thing for yourself to go through your own process so if you had a client or customer come to you what would you do for them what would you give them give that to yourself because what that does is number one it reinforces that you know your shit that you know what you're doing that what you do has an impact number two it has that impact on you so it will like no matter what industry you work in it will make an improvement for you and when we improve one area of our lives it always has a ripple effect on everything else always 
So even if you're not working directly on sort of your pain point, the thing that you think is your big issue, you can improve it by prioritizing something else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you kind of become an embodiment of your work and that's going to attract more people to you because you're embodying everything that you're teaching. Absolutely. And I, I honestly, like fairly regularly will go through my own courses and I, I create so much stuff that honestly, like I forget about a lot of the things that I've talked about in earlier like workshops that I've run or programs that I put together. And so periodically going back and working through those, number one, it, it like sort of, it boosts my ego. It makes me feel like really good and really smart. And number two, it gives me ideas of what I can talk about. And number three, it actually has that impact on me. So it it works. I have proof that it works because it works for me. And when you have that proof, you can talk about what you do with so much more confidence. Because if not, you're, there's like this underlying message of this could work. Like this could work in theory. Like it looks, it looks nice. I put a lot of thought and time into it and it could work for you. But when you've done it and you've done it recently and you've done it more than one time, then you can talk about it with so much more certainty and so much more conviction. And that can be felt. People can feel if you are like, if you would like die on the hill of this product, or if you would be like, yeah, it's just like one of these cool things that I've done. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've discussed a lot and you're obviously very passionate about helping people run their business in their own way. Based on your own experience, you've got your podcast, Your Biz, Your Rules. And I know that you're also running a new series or will be running a new series about redefining your rules in business. What are the three biggest rules you think need breaking the most in the online world? Ooh. <laughs> Love to put people on the spot. <laughs> three big well, the challenge is not coming up with three things, it's coming up with only three things. <laughs> so the rules that really need breaking in the online world. So I would say one of the biggies for me is how do I want to phrase this? Hang on. Please hold the line. (laughs) I feel like we see a lot of focusing on the metrics and focusing on the outcomes in business. And that can mean like money, it can mean follow account, it can mean all kinds of different things for different people. And largely those things are outside of our control. Those are things that are sort of yeah, we can influence them, but ultimately they're based on a decision that somebody else makes. And so I think switching your attention from those things to the things that you can control in your business is a really empowering move to make. And something that I really encourage people to do is get in touch with their values, like their true values, not the values that they think make them sound like a good person, but the things that truly matter to them. And that might be money, that might be fame, like there's there's nothing wrong with that, but really tap into what those things are and actively make sure that they are woven into every part of your business, whether that is your offers, whether that is your marketing and your messaging, whether that is the like 
operational systems that you use behind the scenes, whether that is how you communicate with people, it doesn't matter any facet of your business, make sure that each of your values is visible there. Don't just be that person who tells everyone your values by writing a social media post about them, live them, breathe them, infuse them into everything. Mm, I love so that's that. one that's one rule <laughs> I love that next one the next one is um it's kind of like twofold this one so it's more about working practices so anything that says you have to work for this amount of hours or that even like the opposite like that so if you like don't work for too many hours don't work for too few hours don't have too many breaks don't like don't have too few breaks like there are so many rules about what we should be doing in terms of our the structure of our days and really like we are not in business for ourselves so that we can live by somebody else's timetable we're just not mm-hmm. no nobody on this planet thought you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna run my own business so somebody else can tell me what hours to work like nobody says that nobody thinks that nobody wants that so pay attention to your own patterns, your own energy, your own preferences, your own lifestyle, and allow yourself to craft something that works for you. And that might mean that you do work nine to five because, you know, that just works better with your family life because it means that you can, you know, have a good solid amount of time working while the kids are at school or whatever. That might really, really work for you you might be somebody who just does not do mornings. Like you cannot have a coherent thought before 11 a.m. If that's the case, go with that. That's... And if you're somebody who's like after 2 p.m., like I am done, like there was nothing of value coming out of my body at, after 2 p.m., then pay attention to that as well. And if you know that you like you work really well, if you can stay focused in four-hour chunks, do that. If you notice that anything like beyond 25 minutes is too much, make that how you structure your day. Really pay attention to what works for your brain and what works for your body. Ignore what anybody else has to say about productivity and all of that stuff. Because while it's fun and it's interesting and we can immerse ourselves in that and tell us that it's really benefiting our businesses, actually the most important thing is that it works for you and your life and how you want to be living it. That's so, so true. And this is something that I consistently have to come back to because I feel like I can live like that for a while. Like my, I fluctuate. Like there are times where I'll have a couple of weeks where between like 9 p.m. and midnight, I am just on fire. Like they are my best hours. I love working that time. Can't do anything during the day. Don't like to get out of bed till like 10, 11 And then there are other times where I will get up in the morning and I'll just wake up and I'll have everything done by 12 and I'll hit 12 o'clock and be like, do you know what? I just don't want to work anymore. And that works for me. But then I go back to the like, oh, but I really need to be doing this. Or I've only worked three hours today, despite the fact that I've got like a week's worth of work done in three hours. I'm like, oh no, like I've only done three hours. Like, let me make myself do something else. And I constantly have this like battle in my head because I still live at home at the moment. I'm like, if I've not been working while mum's out at work, like she's going to think this or she's going to think that. And I'm like, this is not the reason I started my own business. Like I did this to work on my own, like on work on my own terms. And some days that means 
working for two hours in the morning and two hours in the evening. Some days it means working a 10 hour day because I'm so engrossed in everything that I'm I'm doing. I'm enjoying it. And some days that just means working for like an hour, which was yesterday. (laughs) And I think that's an important thing to note here. Just because you decide something works at some point doesn't mean that has to be the thing that works forever because we are like cyclical creatures like women especially like we have our like menstrual cycle that does impact our energy so there will be some times of the month where you're like oh my god I can conquer the world like don't get in my way because I will run you over kind of energy and other times where you're like literally the most I can do today is like wash my face like don't even don't expect me to put a bar on that's not happening I will do the bare minimum and that's that's natural that's a natural way of being and then you also notice that different seasons of the year you will feel different so maybe in the winter you feel extra creative or maybe in the winter you feel the opposite maybe you feel like you just want to switch off in the winter maybe in the summer that's when you feel most motivated to like be visible and put yourself out there or maybe in the summer you just want to switch the off button and chill. Mm-hmm. So paying attention to how your body and your brain react to not just like your own cycles, but the cycles of the year can also help give you some insight there. Yeah, that's so, so true. It's something that I'm always like trying to be more conscious of as well and keep reminding myself of that. I know that summertime, I'm like, I don't want to do any work. I just want to sit around and I feel like I feel like my cycle is a bit backwards because as soon as I get my period I get the most creative and I have the most energy and I feel like everyone else is like no don't do anything don't go out just hibernate like cancel everything in your diary and I'm like well I don't want to go outside but actually I'm really productive in like the the well the time that I'm I've got my period which is mad <laughs> but then that is a prime example of something that works for the people doesn't work for you yeah absolutely absolutely join us in part two where dara will be coming back to share two more rules that need breaking thanks for listening to the confidence show with me rebecca hawks if you enjoyed this episode please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on itunes this will help the podcast reach more people which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and i will see you next time Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>